0: Max him down. Giannis into the line.
1: Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here with the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for episode 800 of Locked On Bucks. What a ridiculous number that is. For anyone that hasn't seen the photo that Frank took a a selfie in the locker room with Philadelphia jersey on, holding up the 800 sign, make sure you check that out on Twitter. And Frank, I know we've sort of joked about this before. But I did some rough numbers, and and they are very rough numbers. I'm estimating that the average time for an episode of Locked Bucks is around 40 minutes. I'd say that's fair. It might actually be a little bit more than that because we do struggle to wrap this up, and I know you and Eric had the the same issue. But this is roughly 32,000 minutes, 533 hours, and around 23 days of talking about the Bucks on Locked Bucks. This is uh, what a milestone. What a day
0: you say 533 hours. Is that what you said?
1: Yes. That's what I said.
0: Oh Jesus. That's like almost a month. (laughs) (laughs) That's almost a month straight of time I've spent on this. Well, I was DMing with Eric. He, he asked me, he said, did you you figure out how many episodes you've actually been on out of the 800? And of course I have no idea. Right. Um, I, I, I don't have any way of actually figuring that out short of. (laughs) <laughs> literally yeah. through all of them which i have will absolutely not do um i'm trying i was trying to guess though like how many how many have i actually been on i mean i think i mean i certainly think the vast majority uh i don't know i would probably guess it's gone down since since you took over because i've definitely flaked on you a bunch um i don't know <laughs> maybe maybe like 713 713 is my guess yeah, yeah. um so but, but whatever yeah it's a lot it's a lot and um yeah, it's gonna be weird when we get to a thousand because that's just a crazy, crazy number. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks to everybody for uh, you know sticking with us. And if people are newly uh, new to the podcast, welcome! Weird time to be new to a podcast about, about basketball. I I definitely have been struggling to uh, to keep up with uh, with basketball podcasts of late. It's just I don't know. It's not like I'm depressed about the lack of basketball, but I just you know, I definitely, it's definitely like kind of occurred to me how much of my, especially listening to the kind of national podcast was driven by things happening with the Bucks and wanting to hear, you know, yeah. national pods, like see what their perspective was on the Bucks and as sort of like a different, different take. And obviously with nothing happening, like I, I'm, I, it's weird. A lot of what I've been most interested in is the stuff talking about just what's happening and what may happen with the league. Um, which I know there's a little bit of news today about that, um, but that also is just kind of depressing because you know it's like we're talking about viruses and <laughs> like testing <laughs> and all these topics, which obviously you know those of us used to talking about basketball it's, it's so far from from what we typically want to talk about. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I, strange to be celebrating 800 during a, a pandemic and. God, I I freaking hope that um we don't celebrate number one thousand uh also during a pandemic. Let's let's uh let's cross our let's cross our fingers that we get actual basketball back well before uh uh we get come close to that number.
1: Yeah, I would imagine projecting out and we don't know what's gonna happen to this season. I would imagine episode one thousand is going to come during next season. That seems yeah about right. I remember I was thinking about it when I started and and I came on at around it, I've I've done about 150 now. So when I was thinking about it, I, I was I knew that this was going to line up with potentially uh, you making the trip out for a uh, for a playoff series. That was originally what I was thinking. That would have been the time right now. I think the Bucks would have been just getting through a sweep of the first round. I feel pretty confident in saying that they would sweep the first round. So uh, it's unfortunate that this is the way it's panned out. But 800 is a lot. I I think I, I don't know whether I've asked you this before. I know you spoke a lot about. The, part of the podcast beginning and, and how your journey with the, with the Bucks and diving into Bucks Media and that sort of thing has planned out. Is there a favorite pod? And, and is it obviously just the, the live one that, that sticks out to you?
0: Um, I mean, you're saying that because that was the night I met you, right? You, you just yeah, assumed course. that, that was nothing the, highlight. the pod. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. <laughs> um, I mean, I would say that's probably the – yeah, I mean, I'd say that's definitely the, the most memorable one just because, um, you know, this was uh, a year ago, Christmas uh, doing it with, with Eric and seeing a lot of people who I, you know, have become yeah. friends with through Bucks fandom and then meeting a bunch of new people, um, who many of whom I, you know, like you, I, I knew you through Twitter. I knew you through, you know, kind of the Bucks Twitter verse, but, um, but didn't, had never met you in person. And, and there were a number of people like that. And it was just, you know, it was really fun to just see people and just sort of just like the positivity, um, that people have and just, you know, it, I don't know, it's kind of a funny thing to um, you know, have uh, a, an audience of people that, you know, at least somewhat consistently listen to you blather about, you know, a sport or, or anything. So, uh, you know, it just kind of made me really appreciate um, that people do find it interesting enough to listen and, and, or people that, you know, read what when I, when, when I used to actually write <laughs> about the sport. Um, so yeah, that was probably the most, the most fun thing just because it was actually in person and not me, you know, sitting in my spare bedroom staring at my computer and talking you know on a microphone um not that i don't enjoy that um i'm trying to think the most enjoyable podcast though i mean the other one that came to mind was when Giannis hit the game winner at msg um yeah you know a few years ago which obviously is still memorialized in our intro song shout out to danny shred for Mm. the second the the you know mark one and mark two of our of our podcast intro but um, that one kind of easily comes to mind. I just remember, I remember, I remember being in a hotel room in Dallas, um, and the, the, um, the hotel there had NBA TV, thankfully, and, and watching the game there. And, you know, as soon as he made the shot, I was just like, so excited to talk about that game on the, on the podcast. <laughs> you know, So, uh, so that one that kind of, kind of sticks out. And then, you know, last year, because Eric was calling or covering the playoff games in person and he had to do, you know, game, game recaps after everyone, you know, he wasn't podcasting with me right after games, So, um, I was doing all these solo pods, which of course I never do cause I'm lazy and I don't want to, have to edit <laughs> things or do any work. Um, and I think, you know, certainly the, um, certainly some of the Boston games in particular, the, the, the games in Boston, I think were very memorable just because, um, you know, turning that, turning that series on its head after game one and and the way the Bucs responded and, Mm -hmm. you know, doing it to a Celtics team that obviously many of us don't like uh, as a franchise (laughs) uh, was very, very, very enjoyable. And I I was surprised how much I enjoyed. I mean, I really, I mean, I certainly prefer this dynamic where I'm talking to somebody, you know, that I like to talk basketball with, like you or previously, Eric, um, that's just more enjoyable to kind of, you know, have that more shared experience, but there was something actually kind of fun and different about doing the solo podcast, which I'm sure, obviously, you know, you know how different that is. Yeah. Um, you know, I, actually having to prepare and and kind of, I would just have to bullet out, but I, I would just kind of bullet out all my talking points of kind of things I wanted to hit. And um, I, I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was like a good thing too. I mean, just you know, in life, you know, being able to just um, speak extemporaneously for extended periods about something is a, it's a good skill to have. Um, and I think that's something that I take from this podcast and doing this. I'm not saying I, I'm great at it. I uh, have lots of random filler words I use that, uh, when I listen to myself back, annoy me and I say, Oh, why do I say always this or that? Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it was good. I, it was interesting. And, and I was, it's kind of a different, different thing to do. So that, that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah I, I don't know those are those are definitely some of them obviously just any of the huge Giannis games were you know probably probably sort of the most enjoyable but um I don't know that that's yeah it's kind of a fun thing to do why don't we should we jump into um uh well, I, there's i mean again like I hesitate to call it news news um but we did hear some discussion today there was a woge story there was the Jabari young story which was kind of the like Debbie downer story of the day um, about the league and and potentially coming back um, but Mark Cuban and Mark Lazary both playing certainly much more optimistic tunes I would say uh, yeah. and I think Mark Lazary on I think it was was at it CNBC it was you know he was being interviewed more in the context of his uh, day job but you know whenever he's um, you know talking about uh equity markets and bond markets and and things like that he usually seems to get some question about the NBA and obviously right now we know we know what kind of questions it might be and I guess the the TLDR was you know just feeling I think it sounded like he felt pretty optimistic that we would have basketball uh and he mentioned you know hey maybe it's July maybe it's August um so I would say nothing dramatically different from what we've heard he kind of said you know hey some some teams are going to be able to start sooner than others. Bucks, obviously, right now, are not um, going to be able to get back in the gym um, in the very near future uh, because, obviously, of uh, the situation in Wisconsin still with the stay-at-home order. But um, I, I forget the exact phrase you used, but you know, that's life or something like that. You know, basically, like that's just the way it's going to be. That, that not every team is going to have the same, um, you know, the same ability to return to uh, to something, right? To uh, to some sort of practice court situation. So. Uh, I don't know. I, probably nothing surprising as somebody who wants the season to be back. Obviously, I'm glad to hear anything suggesting that, yes, the season might be back, but um you know both cuban and and Mark Lazary saying that uh, you know keeps keep sustains me a little bit, although I have to say, kane, i I'm mentally kind of like coming to terms with the possibility that we may just lose the season outright. Um, I don't know what stage of the grieving process that is that I'm in at this point. Uh, if it's bargaining or or what, which, which are the, you know, 18 steps or whatever it is, but um, I don't know. I, you know, it feels like we've been in this loop now for so long that I'm, I'm kind of, while I'm still very much hopeful that we'll see some version of a a tournament for the playoffs, at least um, I'm also beginning to emotionally prepare myself for potentially a truly lost season, even though that's obviously not what I'm hoping for. And I don't think I would, bet on that quite yet but but i don't know that that's just kind of where i am what i don't know what how are you feeling with all the news that are coming out and anything else that you've you've heard or seen um i didn't mention the woge the woge stuff from today but but anything else kind of that that you think kind of jumps out or is sort of impacting the way you're thinking about all this
1: well for right now i mean it's it's only may 1st here in australia anyway I, i guess it'll be may 1st when everyone's listening to this as well but uh, and I think that's the thing I just have to keep reminding myself. And I, I'm not getting too excited or too disappointed with, with any of the news that comes out. I've thought all along it was going to be a slow process. And I just think, you know, what, how much can happen in one month? I mean, where were we on April 1st? It was a disaster and everything was horrible. And it's still really bad. Don't get me wrong. In the US, there's a lot of work to be done, clearly. And far too many people are in hospital and, and are dying from, from this virus. But I think that in a month, you hope or fingers crossed that you're going to be in a better position. And I think the big thing is hopefully there is something starting to open up in the cities around the U S and if that happens with positive results and you don't slip into this second wave that people have been worried about, that's when I'll really start to take basketball seriously. So for now it's really just hard for me to, to think about basketball or, or sport generally starting up when the, with the situation we're in, I, I'll tell you one thing that made me laugh over the last few days was steve kerr and you talk about uh, you know teams with their positivity or, or pessimistic views on, on what's going to happen steve kerr a couple of days ago there was a story and this was peak quarantine content for mine i think it was nick Friedella. i think that put this story out with espn and uh, steve kerr said yeah we've pretty much switched our focus to uh, next season well steve i, I tell you what Uh, we know that you've moved your focus to next season. You moved your focus to next season the second Aaron Baines crushed Steph Curry's hand, which was actually back in November and far before (laughs) the pandemic was even a thing in the world. So come on, Steve, we we know. We know that you're not worried about your 15 and 50 Warriors finishing off this season. But it's it's funny. Again, we spoke about it. I think depending on what team you support, uh, where the franchise that you care about is situated in the NBA landscape, that's going to determine how serious you are about getting this season back. Because if your team sucks, you might be thinking, yeah, let's, let's make sure we get next season going on time in October. I don't think that there's any issue or any problem with pushing next season back. We've spoke about that a lot. Uh, we've seen it before with lockout years where the season starts later. So even if you, you either have a minimized season next year, I think the, the more realistic scenario is that they want to, even if they push the dates back, want to have a full season to to certainly get the financial benefit of all that. But uh, I, I think as far as the Bucks go and as far as we're concerned, yeah, we, we're we still hanging on to the hope that they can finish this season because of the situation the team was in and the potential opportunity to to win a championship. And the one thing I will say is I know that a lot of people out there speak about the fact that whoever wins a title this year, it's going to have an asterisk next to it and it's not going to mean as much as it would. I'm kind of the opposite way. If you uh, in, look back in history in whatever, 20, 30, 50 years, and you talk about this series, this season, this season is actually going to be historic if they find a way to finish it. And while it's not the traditional championship that I think most Bucks fans have dreamed of as we spoke about, winning the, you know, whatever game it is in so Forum, having the parade, having all these things, I don't know, winning a winning championship in this season... I think is certainly one that's going to be remembered for a long time. It would be special in its own right. Yeah. I,
0: I mean, I think as far as, you know, how memorable it'll be and, and, you know, <laughs> the, the TV ratings, um, I think it'll be off the charts just yeah. for the reasons that we, we, we are going to appreciate it so much. Um, so, so yeah, I, I would tend to agree. I, I think, um, it's going to be very memorable. Um, now, is it going to be different and stand out for that reason? I think of course. Right. And and I think especially if, um, you know, if the series, if all the series have to be shortened, right. Like, I mean, if you have, if it's a best of five finals, which I, I don't think I I would be very surprised if, I mean, if you get all the way to, you know, (laughs) getting to a tournament and having a finals series, like I, be shocked if they don't milk that for the usual seven games, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, it would be one thing if they shorten like an early round series or something like that. Um, but, you know, again, what, what are you, <laughs> what are we rushing? Like, there, there's some argument to make, like, what are you rushing to get through this for, right? Um, now you could say, well, if it's like a quarantine tournament, you know, just how long can you possibly keep everybody kind of cooped up? And that's a good argument, right? Um, but the reality is it's not like you have all the teams cooped up for the entirety of the playoffs. Right. I mean, ultimately there's only going to be a couple teams left at the end. And um, I, I don't think they're going to say like, Oh, you know what? Five game series, like we wouldn't find with that, but seven games, like, man, I gotta go, I gotta <laughs> go home and see my kids. Right. Or, or something like that. Right. So um, it, it's definitely a, uh, an interesting thing that we, it could just go so many different directions and um, you know, on Twitter day, I was discussing with some folks just about um, okay, well, what what, do you, what happens when you come back, right? Like, I think we're all, you know, uh, presuming that there's not going to be any regular season, right? But I think it's it seems like there's a lot of concern about. I mean, what are you going to do? Are you just going to go straight into the playoffs from not playing and just like a training camp, and the first game you play competitively is going to be a playoff game? Like, I I don't think the league wants to do that either. So rather than having preseason in the middle of a broken up season, I could very easily see like some quote unquote regular season games actually being played um, with the idea being that just trying to get teams some, some sense of rhythm for a week or two. Um, but again, then it, that introduces all sorts of other logistical problems. It's like, okay, so are you taking again, 30 teams to Vegas or Disney world or wherever and having them play, some teams play for a week or two. <laughs> and then, you know, the ones that are in the playoffs and they just go home and, you know, they, they, you know are they even going to be completely mailing that in? I, I don't know. It's such a strange situation. But I, I will say this, I don't I don't think it's an interest of the league for, you know, especially if it's, I mean, what if you have a short and first-round series? I mean, you could see some really crazy results if you're having teams come back from an extended layoff having you know two three weeks of camp or something like that not playing any games and then going straight into a playoff series like i, I mean that's just a that would just be just a bizarre scenario um and it's also been raised of like do you actually have 16 teams in the playoffs i to be honest i would be kind of surprised if if um you know they split it in half or something like that i think you'd be more likely to just see a shortened first round playoff series mm-hmm. um but, but again, you know, I, I mean, again, cause if it's like a three, three game series or something like that, um, you could do that in a week. Right. Um, that, that wouldn't take a long time. Um, but then again, you're introduced the possibility of some kind of, you know, potentially wonky, <laughs> wonky results yes. just with, uh, with kind of how it might be. So yeah, it's, um, it's a, it's a really just fascinating, um, dynamic to be. And one thing I'll just note, again, we're, we're in total, uh, unknown territory here. Um, I think there's been a lot of speculation, which I think makes sense that, Hey, you know, teams that are older may have a harder time just having stopped and then restarting again. Um, maybe there's a flip side would be those teams could also, you know, old guys might also benefit from a little bit of a break, but it, I think the conventional wisdom I, I keep seeing is, is the, the, the break might make it harder for veteran teams to kind of get their rhythm back. Um, but one positive for the Bucks, who's a fast starter on the Milwaukee Bucks? <laughs> can you think of any, can you think of any important players who tends to be a fast starter? Yannis Adekumbo yeah. has tended to be a very fast starter um, in his career. You look at his, you know, and again, his career numbers are a little weird to look at because obviously he didn't play much in this, you know, his first season early on. And, you know, he obviously had kind of a, a very steady ascent to the greatness that he's at now. But um you know, his top three scoring season or scoring months of the calendar are October, November, and December in that order. And it basically, it almost goes like gradually down over the course of, of, uh, of a season. So um he has tended to be much better or at least statistically more dominant early in seasons rather than late. Um And Hey, if Giannis wants to treat the playoffs like <laughs> uh, a hot start, you know, start of the season, I think we'd be, be very much okay with that. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see what, what this means, but we're putting kind of a, the car before the horse. There's, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that um, that has to happen. And, you know, again, we're, we're not the public health podcast. I, I will say this, um, Nate Duncan and Ben Taylor um, are putting together a really interesting, pretty much daily podcast called COVID daily news where, um, you know, they're applying interesting, the same sort of like analytical mindset they bring to basketball um, to basically parsing through all the news that's happening around uh, the coronavirus and, and the kind of global pandemic. And so again, it's, it's very light on it's, it's, you know, I enjoy it because it's very analytical. It's just trying to basically pull out and summarize and, you know, put forward the things that actually matter. Cause obviously there's are just new studies every day. And a lot of what they try to do is parse like what's actually important and make sure that, you know, we don't overreact to the latest thing that's just happened. Um, and they also are def- definitely less uh, political about it than um, certainly, like you know, what you'd see probably in on the news and things like that. So um, I appreciate that it's much less about the politics. There's definitely a lot of policy stuff in there, but um, if, if anybody's interested in kind of having some uh, a podcast that that's sort of recapping what's happening actually um, in in this pandemic that unfortunately is preventing us from basketball, um, it's I'm, I'm happy to report that uh, that my friend Nate obviously i i uh, love going on his pod every year to talk basketball um is also doing a, a really nice job with that so I, I tweeted out a link to that earlier today um as well and and so lots of lots of the aspects of of uh, the public health aspect of this that has to happen before we can see basketball um but uh again you, you just cross your fingers and hope that the league can um can figure out a way to make it happen and you know whether it's at disney world or vegas or wherever um you know, I think we'd pretty much, pretty much take, uh, take anything at this point, but everything, but horse, let's, let's not do more horse. I think (laughs) I'm, I'm I'm good with, with that. Uh,
1: you mentioned Disneyland, uh, Disney world. And I think this is interesting because I I think it was Keith Smith of Yahoo sports that originally floated this idea. I don't want to say that he's Orlando.
0: He's Orlando. He's Orlando based. So it makes sense.
1: And, and, you know, full credit to, to Keith. I'm not trying to say that he stole my idea. I, I did tweet out a few days earlier that potentially we could have it at Epcot and each uh, team could have a different country that they were situated in. There, there could be a floating court on the lake at Epcot and we could finish the season that way. So, again, I, I'm not accusing Keith of stealing my idea. Coincidental that the story came out a couple of days later. But Disney World is actually interesting for the Bucks because I know – and. Mostly humorous thought around the Lopez brothers and their love for Disney World. We know Brooke has a property down there. That's where he lives. Uh, he certainly spoke in the, in the past about wanting to work there. That's how much those guys love Disney. And there's been a theory out there that the, the Lopez brothers play go to a different level when they play down in Florida. I did some investigating regarding this this morning. I don't want to pour cold water on people's dreams about this potentially meaning something. Special for the Bucs, and this would be some sort of competitive advantage where uh, we know that home court is going to be taken away. But on career numbers, Brooke Lopez unfortunately has actually generally performed worse in Florida than he has everywhere else. Robin Lopez has never really had any memorable games down that way. And I wonder whether it works in reverse whether they're too distracted, they're too excited, their mind is elsewhere when they're down playing, particularly in Orlando and so close to Disney. But the other thing I do want to point out, Brooke Lopez, this year, we spoke all year about his shooting struggles, the fact that offensively, that he wasn't knocking down those threes at the rate he has over the previous few years. But we remember late in the season, at a season high, 23 points on five for five from three in the Bucs' 111.95 win over the Magic. After that game, he ended up averaging 14.4 points on 37% from three, including a 21-point performance, two for four from three, in Miami against the Heat, so maybe while the Florida trick hasn't exactly always worked for the Lopez brothers, I wonder whether something happened on that trip. We know that he got to go to Disney when they were down in Orlando. Maybe the luck has turned, and maybe it would be a good luck omen for the Bucks if they can get this thing done in Disney.
0: Yeah, I, um, I don't. Have you have you ever gone to to any of the Disney theme parks, Kane? I, I, don't, I don't. I imagine probably not. Right, given. Uh, <sighs> you haven't, have. you haven't lived you haven't lived in america <laughs> but for the last couple of years you, you have been
1: yes i have i had um i went down i i knew some people that lived in miami and we drove and we spent we actually stayed at a hotel in disney in orlando this is going back probably two years ago so i, I spent three or four days there a couple of years ago
0: okay so you got you got the real experience and i guess and you got it as an adult see i haven't been since yeah. um probably middle school but I went a bunch of times to uh the various Disney theme parks in middle school but I haven't seen any of the stuff that's that's you know in the last geez two two decades so um I am I am really excited to eventually go when my daughter is old enough to actually appreciate it I mean I'm sure she would be overwhelmed with it right now in a good way as well but I mean she's you know well two and change so I mean, again, I don't think she's going to remember, um, remember it. So I want to go and she'll actually appreciate it and remember it. Um, and ironically, one of my first memories of the kid is actually going to Disneyland, California. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember, uh, being afraid of uh, Peter Pan during the parade, he came up and tried to talk to me and I was very shocked. (laughs) I remember being kind of scarred by that, but, um, yeah, I, uh, Disney world, sure. Wherever, you know, wherever, wherever wherever it needs to happen to, to actually happen. Um, would would be fine, and whether that's Vegas or, or Disney World, um, either one is is uh, is fine with me. And I mean, Robin Lopez getting into the, the spirit, he had that long <laughs> Twitter. Th- I mean, Robin, tremendous tweeter. We wish he would tweet more, especially right now when nothing's happening. Um, tremendous Twitter thread about, uh, I guess, uh, Disney characters as NBA mascots. I think that was the theme of it. A um, lot of creativity, uh, crowd a lot of ideas. Just a lot of good stuff from Rolo. Uh, on on that and very on brand for him, especially given um, this uh, this talk. I think he was trying to claim credit a little bit because uh, he was talking about Disney World a couple days before uh, before some of this stuff started to leak out.
1: Yeah, I, I will say that all jokes aside, the idea of of having the NBA at Disney does make some sense. I mean, compared to Vegas, we certainly spoke about you know the Thomas and Max Center and Cox Pavilion in Vegas. Also, it's set up. They've done that before with Summer League, but the, the obvious advantage that Disney has is that it's already a, a compound, basically. You know what I mean? Like, you can legitimately keep people out rather than having them in a city in Vegas where we, we don't know what else is going to be happening during that time. So certainly Disney makes some sense. Uh, they've got the what they need, the facilities there to make that happen. So that'll be something to watch. But ultimately, I think you're right. I mean, uh, wherever they can do this safely, I, I'm down. I'm ready to watch some basketball and, and talk about some real games that are happening. The only other thing I wanted to mention, and I think we're definitely going to go into this uh, a lot deeper over the next few weeks. I had a bunch of questions from my chat with Chad Ford yesterday. If you missed that, go back and listen. It was a, it was a great inside look at potentially what the Bucks could look at this year in the draft whenever that happens to come. But uh, just before we wrap it up, was there one thing in particular from that chat, I know you listened to the pod, where they, that you took away from that or uh, sort of piqued your interest from uh, yesterday's pod?
0: Yeah. I mean, I I thought, I mean, we were discussing for the podcast, like um, this idea of, uh, I mean, we've obviously talked about the idea of going to a permanent like late December start for the, for the season Mm -hmm. um, in using this as a forcing mechanism for that. Basically I am still very much um, in, in favor of that, like having a December start, which conveniently would obviously also make it easier for, well, there's two big, big benefits that one, um, it takes pre- any sort of you know illusion of pressure off that the league has to finish this season by you know midsummer or something like that, which obviously is not going to happen. So um, you know you can push this season later, and then you know you have you could have a regular length of off season and start next season later, which also has the benefit of you know with with everything that's happening, you know when are we going to be able to have sporting events in front of real crowds? I, I don't know, right? I mean. A lot of speculation that it might be 2021 before that happens. Um, can it happen before there's a vaccine for this? When, when how long does they get a vaccine? Uh, depends actually, uh, Nate's podcast. He had a, uh, um, an expert on, um, basically a woman who works in creating vaccines, uh, on, I think today, uh, which was interesting because it kind of broke down the process and, and how you know, the, the timelines that are being given 12 to 18 months, those, that would be like world record speed speed for getting a vaccine done. Now this is also a completely unique circumstance where there's way more people working at this and, you know, the urgency is way higher, but um, yeah, if it's, you know, 2021 sometime in that year where, you know, we're, we're not going to have fans back, then, you know, that certainly removes any rush to, uh, to start next season on time. So, um, I thought the discussion though about you know timing of the draft versus free agency was interesting although I don't really see that as a big deal you know people often talk about how the NFL has reversed uh, free agency and the draft um, I don't I don't actually really think it's that big of a deal um, especially especially like with the NBA I mean where most teams are not um, most teams are not drafting free As much for need, let's say you know Mm -hmm. you typically teams have you know a couple picks, so you know again I think the prevailing wisdom of you're just kind of draft the best player. Obviously, players tend to be very young. Um, You're just trying to draft the best possible player, and then you know figure out over multiple years what that guy is and and how much he contributes. Um, So I I don't know that I can see maybe more of an argument in football, Um, but in in basketball, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's fine to just have the draft ahead of free agency because free agency is ultimately where you address needs. So, I mean, does it really change much? I don't know, right? But um, if you address your needs through free agency first, and then you go into the draft, and then you make your pick there, I, you know, I mean, does it change much? I, I don't know. Um, but I, I don't think it. I don't think it really matters that much. And, and maybe I'm missing something. People tweet at me, email us at lockdownbox at gmail. If I'm missing some obvious reason why having the uh, draft after free agency would, would be of of value. I I don't know. I don't think it's really that, that big of a deal. Um, And I think, you know, like if you look at a team like the Bucks, I think it's kind of interesting because um, you know, like with their situation, you've got free agents like Sterling Brown, Pat Connaughton um, potentially Wes Matthews could opt out, Um, you know, so you have a potential like bunch of wings that you may need to replace so for me, it's a little interesting because you go into the draft um, and if you draft a wing, for instance, then you may say, hey, you know what, Sterling, I don't think we saw enough from you, right? And we're going to go a different direction. Um, if you come away from the draft and, you know, the best player available is not a wing and it's some other, you know, it's like a big guy or something or like a combo guard, uh, then then maybe you decide to actually make a modest play to keep Sterling Brown or something like that. So. You know, there's all these sort of different dependencies that work both ways. Um, and I think, you know, again, it, it's also interesting just because of trades around draft night that impact free agency as well. You know, what happens when you flip that turn it on its head um, and the posturing sort of is reversed. I think that's another kind of interesting thing, because, again, like we saw last year at the Bucks, they had to use, well, they didn't have to, <laughs> but they used their first round pick to get off of salary. Um, to prepare them for free agency. Obviously you could still make a deal um, like that, even if free agency came first. Um, But I I don't know with the proximity, you know, being further out to the draft, I don't know how much that would change the dynamics involved there, but um, yeah, I I don't know. It's, I don't think it matters that much, but all sort of interesting things that that could change. And, And again, that's, that's often what happens with these situations, whether it's work stoppages or things like that, or, and now this crazy thing that we never could have expected. Um, it's oftentimes kind of a forcing mechanism for things changing like hockey and hockey is a good example. Like when they had their last season, they came back. And I think that was, I think after one of their work stoppages, they came back with, um, the shoot. I think that came, the shootouts to end overtimes came after that because they were like, crap everybody's pissed off at us what do people love shootouts okay (laughs) let's give them shootouts um and i think i don't think i'm getting that wrong uh someone will tell me i'm sure if i if if i'm if i'm not remembering that correctly but um i don't know different situation now very much uh, obviously but uh we'll we'll see i think this will necessarily sort of change the way a lot of things uh the way a lot of things work in society and and, you know the nba and, and aspects of the calendar and things like that i'm sure will will be no different
1: yeah, I'm going to go out on the limb here and say that I think either way, we're going to have plenty of time to to continue to discuss that. Uh, and in particular, I will say though, I, I found the chat really interesting um, with Chad yesterday because I've started to look through a few of the prospects and the guys that might be in the range of the Bucs and it's really interesting. I think the big thing is, is that these days in modern basketball, knowing that every team wants an athletic guy that can defend a little bit that can shoot the 3 there's a lot of guys that purely uh with the with the numbers look very similar and and that's where it gets interesting to me as the game changes and we move away from guys that a little bit more limited offensively can't shoot the ball certainly it's tough to make it in the NBA particularly with the bucks but that's going to be something we can look forward to as we move ahead and one other thing i wanted to mention before we wrap this up the i mentioned the the meme or the photo the 800 meme with you at the start i got to give credit to our guy justin Superbuck, the meme lord uh he whipped that up in about three seconds so uh there's there's no possible way i would have had that looking as good as he did but it's not the first time he's uh put something together for me he's a uh, he's a great fellow and a friend of the podcast so i appreciate that from him but frank
0: i just i just want to say i was trying to figure out where that picked i still don't really know where that picture came from but i am friends with justin on facebook so i'm just assuming he probably picked it off somewhere from there but i may have to bug him now because now i'm like well you know when was i wearing a tank top in a locker room in the 1960s (laughs) um but no i i also even just made the face and now people are probably wondering what the hell we're talking about so i guess i'll have to look at our twitter accounts but um yeah, I was like that that totally caught me by surprise cuz namely I didn't think you were had the photoshop skills came. So no, I don't. This this validates this validates that. it makes much more sense that this would have been Justin who uh, who pulled
1: that off. I like like I said he's done stuff before for me and I remember last time I got him to do a, a something with you he said he was going to scour your facebook for the perfect pictures. so there's no doubt that's where that came from he's uh he's a talented man he's a talented man but we'll leave it there frank thank you thanks everyone for listening we will catch you guys next week